0: be Friday. This is Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Tom Gazzola, host of this fine podcast and host of the Oilers pre and post game show, also known as the Don Wheaton on White pre and post game show on Everton sports leader TSN 1260. Hope you're enjoying a great day. If it's the weekend already and this is maybe Saturday or Sunday, hope it's been a great weekend. Hope it's going to be fantastic for everyone. The sun has come out after a very wet Thursday, and we'll get into that because it has some effect when it comes to Rogers' place. I'll touch on that on today's episode. We'll also hear from Caleb Jones, who skated with the main group for the first time today as the Oilers were back on the ice after an off day on Thursday. We're going to also hear from Oscar Clefbaum and forward James Neal on today's episode. Lots to get into. As we head into the weekend, Uh, the Oilers, like I mentioned, were back on the ice today. Two sessions with two different groups. Only a little bit of overlap between the two groups on the ice today at the downtown community arena. I'll go into what we saw briefly at today's practice. All of the lines were the same. There was only two or three lines in each group, and then the defense was also split up. The only pairing on defense that was in both groups on the ice today because there was no scrimmage was the pairing of Philip Broberg and Caleb Jones. So Caleb Jones, who is unfit to skate or unfit to play and participate in the first three days of training camp is good to go clearly fit to participate as he was today. And he was put through the paces twice and We'll also hear from Caleb Jones, who did come out and say that he did indeed test positive for COVID-19. He was not symptomatic. He did quarantine, self-isolate for two weeks, and then he got the okay to rejoin the group. So we're going to hear from Caleb Jones. He'll tell us about his COVID-19 experience so good news there, as the Oilers are healthy. Yet again, the only guy missing is Mike Green, who has indeed opted out from participating in the NHL's return to play. In the first group on the ice today between the pipes was Mike Smith, and then at the other end of the rink, it was Stuart Skinner. That means the second group had Miko Koskinen, Dylan Wells, and Olivier Rodrigue sharing the net. Wells and Rodrigue sharing a net. Koskinen had his own. Dave Tippett had the group going through five-man D-zone regroups, Then we saw a D-to-D pass to a forward with a shot, two-on-one with swing through the defensive zone, five-on-five breakout to a transition with zone entries and zone play being the focus, and then it was down-low play to a regroup, five-on-five, two-on-two rushes, three-on-ones as well. So there was a lot of movement, a lot of touches with the puck, a lot of D-to-D transition work, and then uh, a little bit of down-low play and, and offensive zone play. So uh, a lot of skating, freewheeling, and uh, puck touches. That was the type of practice it was. up tempo yet again, good intensity yet again. That has been a theme throughout camp. I also want to touch on this. Because of that thunderstorm I talked about early on in the podcast, uh, there, there was a tremendous amount of rain. And hail, and we saw a video posted inside Roger's place of what looked like and was a ceiling that had basically collapsed after a heavy dose of uh, water got through it, and and then we saw some uh, flooding, I guess, or a lot of moisture and water on the ground at this one entranceway of Roger's place, and where that is was across. Ford Hall, I believe on the south side of Ford Hall, is where that ceiling collapsed very far away from the ice, uh, basically across 104th Avenue, so on a different street, but still attached to the building because Ford Hall is so massive over 104th Avenue, and technically, I guess it is part of the same facility as the arena itself, and and that's where we saw the flooding. But I can tell you and can confirm that there was – flooding and water getting through in other areas of the facility. Uh, one of those areas was uh, the Orders TV production area and where the scoreboard is and all the hardware for the technology. It's called the Southwest Corner. And uh, literally, it's that Southwest Corner. It's glassed off. You can walk right by it. You could see the control room for the scoreboard and, and all of that when you walk by it on a game day. And that houses all of the arena's technology and basically is the brains of the arena and facility, if you will. And there was a lot of water that actually got through there. Today, it was basically shut down as crews were working on repairing it. And I know that because Oilers TV works out of there and they were moved out of that facility. They had all the power off in that area of the building as the crews repaired to it. Basically, a small army has been sent in to work on things, and uh, the Oilers and the city of Edmonton have said that all of the damage from the rain and the water that got through yesterday will not hamper the NHL's return to play or Rogers place as a facility to host games at all. I'm sure in the next couple of days they'll have everything fixed up, but my oh my, did that ever look bad? And, and I'll tell you this. Whoever took that video from inside Roger's Place, they were probably an employee. I'm assuming they must have been an employee to be inside there because it's generally been closed down to the public as far as I know. But if they are an OEG employee and that video has been circulated, you know, hundreds of thousands of times and viewed by hundreds of thousands of people, uh, OEG will likely fire them because that's the way OEG rolls. And I think a lot of companies are like that, too. So anyway, they will track down whoever posted it, and they will deal with it accordingly. That is something that Oilers Entertainment Group is good at, is getting rid of people unceremoniously, too. So... A little bit of a chuckle there, but uh, everything should be fine. Everything at the downtown community arena where, where we were allowed to get in. Again, we're very limited in where we can go right now in terms of the media. We have a set door. We have a protocol. We have to scan our, our temperatures. We have to sign a waiver. We have to go through a checklist. And then we basically have a very small corridor to the downtown community arena. So we don't really get to see much around the rink like we normally would. And from what I saw, everything was fine at the DCA today and uh, whatever parts of Roger's Place I was inside of. So that'll get taken care of, sorted out. The other thing too, and I got caught on this for tweeting it out because the way the building's roof is structured going down into Ford Hall, uh, it looks like there's a gap in the roof to where the Ford Hall roof is and uh lady took a picture of it and it, it if you didn't know better like many of us didn't until we found out that it was actually designed and engineered this way it looked like the roof had collapsed so my bad on that one I, i'll eat that one because uh i thought it looked like it it had collapsed but uh all the engineers and people i'm sure who worked on the building uh was a few people that were pretty vocal and let me know that that roof indeed was designed that way and Marcel and Marianne thank you to both of you if you listened to this podcast for tweeting the pictures showing that that was what it actually looked like prior to yesterday and it was indeed normal so uh appreciate that but I just wanted to bring that up. it, it looked messed up it still looks messed up but that is how it was designed and everything I guess was okay there but there was flooding in Fort Hall and water getting through and all of that stuff. So they're fixing it. You know, they're going to get it sorted out. It's all good. You're listening to Locked On. What is part of the Locked On Podcast Network? Tom Gazzola with you as we head into the weekend. So Caleb Jones did indeed have COVID-19. He confirms that as we will hear from him shortly. But good to see him back on the ice. He was paired up with Philip Broberg the Oilers defensive prospect, and the two of them were skating with both the first group today and the second group today, so they were the only two to get double duty when it comes to camp on day four. Let's hear from the Oilers' blue liner after his first full day with the main group.
1: Yeah, hey, guys. Um, so about a couple weeks ago, I, uh, I came into Edmonton actually early, and I was going to do my seven-day isolation, and um, I actually I had a positive test for COVID, so uh, you know, I, I I had no symptoms. Um, I was asymptomatic, and um, I did my two week isolation, kind of stayed away from everyone, and then um, you know my first day back at the rink was actually Monday, the starting training camp. So um, I was just kind of the first three days getting back into it, and uh, I was glad to be back full with the team today. So that's uh, kind of the story there.
2: You mentioned you had no symptoms. So, but were you a little nervous at all when you hear positive tests because of the potential? of respiratory issues and such, or were you not nervous at all? Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously a, a very weird disease. It's a weird time in the world right now, and, um, you know, some people get really affected by it, and it can be deadly, and, you know, other people, you know, would never know they had it, and I was, you know, maybe lucky enough to be in that group that, um, you know, if I would never gotten tested, I would have never realized I had it. So, um, but, you know, it's, that's all I can say about that. it's just a crazy uh, virus, and I'm just glad to be healthy, and, you know, I'm feeling good getting back on the ice, so.
3: Were you skating back in Portland before you came here, or where were you skating?
1: Uh, I was in Dallas, Texas. So, uh, yeah, I was skating there for about a month before I came here. Hi, Caleb. Uh, So, obviously, you mentioned you know the positive test, and so you know what was the 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 period like being in isolation? How do you kind of kind of are you able to stay active? And what was it like kind of getting back on skates for the first time when you know you you have to kind of uh, be quarantined? Yeah, um, you know, I had a bike uh, where I was and, and uh, some dumbbells, so I tried to do my best to stay active and stay fit, and you know, I knew uh, camp was starting this week, so I was trying to, to stay in as best shape as possible, but um, you know, you can, it's tough when you go 14 days off the ice, so that's kind of why I took Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, really tried to uh, hammer it hard by myself uh, away from the group, and um, I was feeling good, so today uh, I had the green light to go on the ice for real practice, and I felt really good today, so I'm just going to keep building it up, and um yeah that's all I have to
2: say about that it is you're right such a weird time Caleb did you did you like everyone around you must have been nervous I'm sure your mom was freaking out um you know did you have to contact trace did you know where you got it did you you know is it is it a mental game not to let something like that you know lay you low when you get that announcement
1: yeah um you know I I couldn't tell you where I got it uh you know, I know Texas was having a lot of cases, so um, I, like I said, I have no idea. But yeah, my mom obviously—you know—I I was, like I said, I was asymptomatic. It was—it was really a surprise. You know, I didn't have anything, so um, she, you know, she was a little bit, you know, nervous for a sec. But when I told her, I, I felt completely fine. She, she kind of just settled down, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what to say about that. It's just—it's one of those things. Um, you know, the world's got to find a way to get through it right now.
3: Hey Caleb, Um, you know the system is in place to keep all the players safe and so there's all this testing. Um, What would you say through your experience of testing positive, the conversations with the medical people, all the medical protocols that you went through being separated from the guys, you've seen it firsthand. you know do you have a sense of just how much they're doing to keep guys safe now that you've been through it and do you think from what you're hearing that guys are, there's a, a level of confidence in that system seeing you go
1: through it oh yeah for sure it's it's a very strict policy and we have a lot of strict rules around the rink here and um, you know it was 14 days uh, away from the facility from uh, the day of the positive test so they're they're doing everything they can and um, it's very safe for for everyone um, all the players here and all the staff and everyone that's going to be in that bubble so um, everyone's very confident um, what the NHL has in place yeah, Caleb. I just want to ask you, how tough is it
4: to concentrate on hockey when you see how things are back home in Texas and in Florida and some of those other states where the numbers seem to be spiking? Is it, is it tough to kind of focus just on hockey and knowing that back home things are seem to be getting worse, not exactly better?
1: No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's tough. Um, you know, I, I have a job to do, and, and you know, I was I was working all summer, you know, to be ready to go for when I knew eventually we were going to be coming back. So. Um, you know, that's just on my mind right now. You know, I know that my family and my mom is safe in, in Dallas, and obviously there's um, a lot of spikes right now on those two states you just said. But, um, you know, for me personally, as long as, you know, I know that my family being safe and everything, um, it's pretty easy for me to focus on, on hockey and kind of keep my, my mind on that. Hey, Caleb, uh, Matthew Schneider from the, the NHLPA was, uh, was saying how it was so important uh, players wanted to uh, have privacy when it came to uh, COVID-19 test results, et cetera. I'm just curious why you decided to um, to disclose this information, and, and why was it important to you to uh, kind of have the record straight on that? Well, um, I just you know I think there's obviously a little bit of speculation for why I was missing uh, the first couple of days of training camp, and um, you you know if these things happen. You know, there's guys all around the league that are, are getting positive tests, and you know, like I said, it, it wasn't like I was you know very sick. You know, I was I was lucky enough to to not even really realize that I would have had it, and. Um, you know, I just thought it would set the record straight and, and, you know, let everyone know what what the situation was and why I kind of took a little time to get on the ice for practice.
0: That was Caleb Jones. Good to hear from him. I kind of appreciate him coming right out and saying, yep, I had it. I tested positive. And uh, with all the protocols in place, he says he feels good about the way the NHL is handling the entire situation. That is good to hear First hand experience right there and good to understand and know that that's, how thorough the league is being about this situation. All right, one more defenseman to hear from today. It is Oscar Klefbaum. Back in
3: Sweden, it didn't seem like COVID was anywhere as big a problem as it was in North America, and the Swedes handled it much differently. Did you feel uh, that you got out in the the city a lot more than we would here? And the other question is, what do you see in Philip Roberg after uh, four days of practice?
4: Uh, yeah, first off, obviously, you, you, it's hard for me to sit here and say Sweden did the right thing or wrong thing, but it was obviously a big difference from uh, from over here. Um, going back home uh, when we stopped playing and come back to Sweden, everything was normal, basically. Uh, you just got to be smart. Obviously, it's a lot of common sense, and I, I tried to isolate myself and my family the best I could uh, to stay uh, safe and, and, and healthy, obviously, and be ready to... To continue uh, continue our season whenever it was going to take place so uh, but obviously it's been it's been a different approach obviously but i'm uh, i'm happy right now because uh, the numbers have been uh, really good lately so i'm uh, keeping my fingers crossed that they're progressing still um philip broberg uh i just heard adam talk a little bit and um, you yeah, know i'm impressed i haven't seen him too much in sweden but uh big strong guy good skater um i think he can uh, He have a lot of potential obviously and it's it's tough for for guys coming over from Europe to adjust to the North American uh, style of playing but uh, I think he is, he's smart enough and he's gonna he's gonna have a bright future here.
2: Two things did you were you on social media last night and did you see what was going on uh, at your home arena and what were your thoughts and uh, maybe just a little more on, on, on Broberg as a as such a young kid. The the question will be: Does he come here as a nineteen year old? Does he stay home in Sweden as a nineteen year old? You went through all those decisions. Maybe you can enlighten us: What's going through his head?
4: Uh, yeah. First off, I were uh, home at, at Larson's place. Obviously, we saw the tweets and, and the videos, and, and obviously, we're we're scared. And it's crazy. We thought it was a sign. I mean, first COVID, and then this. Like, it's crazy. We just want to finish the season. I think we have a really good chance to go all the way. So. Obviously, we were uh, the whole team. were relieved when we came into the ring today. Um, obviously, we don't we're not as affected as I thought we would be. So uh, we're just going to stay focused here and do our job every day. Um, on Philip again, um, I think is very individual. Um, like you said, if, for me, uh, I was in a an, in a really good spot in Sweden. Uh, I was in a a really professional, big organization who who really believed in me, and I played a lot of minutes and and. I felt like I was in a good spot to grow my game uh, and don't be uh, stressed to coming coming over here. I think it's very easy to to be uh, to stress a little bit. Obviously, you get a nice NHL contract and you want to get over here as soon as possible to to prove yourself and the teammates in North America that you're good enough to play here. But uh, I think it's very individual and, and and for me, I was in a good spot. Like I said, I was in a good organization with Ferstad, and, and and for me, that was the right way to go. Um, but for Philip, uh, I don't know how he, he is feeling right now, but he's in a good spot as well. Um, I think he, he have a lot of potential. Um, and once again, if he wants to come over here and, and adjust to the North American hockey style for a bit, I don't think that's going to be a problem. But uh, I'm very excited to see what he can uh, bring to the organization here.
1: Oscar, obviously unprecedented times right now
0: heading into the return-to-play plan, but you have a familiar face alongside with you in Adam Larson on your D-pairing. You guys have been together all year long and for many years now. How confident are you guys that your game from this regular season will translate to playoff hockey?
4: I think both me and, and Adam has done everything we can to to stay in shape, be, be motivated, and obviously be ready to play. Um it was obviously once again, back to the COVID situation. We were fortunate enough to, to go out and, and not, not a strict quarantine rules uh, as over here in North America. Uh, so we've been done everything we can in our power to, to be ready. Um, if we were going to go back in May, June, July, whatever, we want to be ready and, and give us a, the best chance
3: we can to, to bring this home. You, you keep mentioning that you came over and you stayed longer in, in uh, Sweden uh Broberg was is only just turned 19 is does he need two more years in Sweden yeah, they turn out defenseman awfully well playing in the Swedish hockey league
4: it, referring to my case I think the league was really good it was uh it was uh, it's it's obviously a different game bigger ice it's more structure and um, for me it was the right way to go uh yes to to be smart and be be in good positions all the time, but obviously it's a it's a big difference coming over here when it's more speed, smaller ice surface, more physical. Um, but for me individually, I think uh, I think staying home in Sweden is not a bad thing. Um, I can see fans and, and organizations want to want to bring them over to to have more control over them, obviously to see what they're doing and and play a little bit adjust to North American hockey style. But for me, um, staying in Sweden was the right way to go. And that's a good league. It's a lot of skill. There's a lot of good players. And obviously, like you said, if if usually if they they stay in Sweden one more year to to play a lot and get a lot of
3: responsibility to develop their game, um, it's usually not a bad thing. What's it like playing against Patrick Kane, who always has good success against the Edmonton Oilers? And why does he do that?
4: He is probably one of the most skilled guys in the league, for sure. He is uh, he is different in a way because. Um, He's not like Connor. He brings a, a ton of speed, but somehow he 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 has an ability to suck players in and open up space for other guys. Kind of like Leon, um, incredible hockey sense and and really good um, good back. he's he's really hard to play against. You play you want to play him really tight, but you don't want to get sucked in in his tempo because he can he can turn on a dime and he can find sauce passes and backhand passes and God know what. So you got to be smart out there. Um, obviously, now when, when I played in this league for, for some years, you, you learn how to play against top guys. Um, but once again, we got to be ready. we got to focus on our, on our game, and, and personally, i got to focus on my game, and we should be fine.
0: Welcome back to Locked On Oilers. Tom Gazzola with you on this Friday edition of the podcast. We heard from Caleb Jones. We did hear him confirm he indeed had COVID-19. We also heard from Oscar Klefbaum talking about the Swedes Talking about returning to play, the, the roof and all of that, everything that was going on with the flooding and the collapsed ceiling at Roger's place on Thursday. Let's now hear from James Neal, the veteran who is healthy now, hopefully gets off to a start in the qualifying round and potentially the playoffs the same way he got off to a hot start in October here is winger James Neal, who's been skating with Jujar Kera and Alex Chason.
5: Through the start of camp here, you know, you and uh, Chason have been skating with Jujar throughout the course of the season. You, you've played with other centers. I'm looking even at, at Tyler Ennis, not an oiler for very long, but, but he's been on a variety of different lines. I'm just wondering how would you characterize the versatility of the Oilers forward group and maybe in comparison to some other really good teams that you've played on in the past? Yeah, I think it gives us good depth. I think um, you know, with uh, with the trades coming in and then some injuries, I think uh, you know everyone was just trying trying to find uh, where they slotted in and and how we were going to make all the lines work. So um, you know, we're still working at that, but I think right now we're we, we've got good depth in uh, in our lines and uh, and through the center position. So uh, that's uh, that's a huge thing to have going into the playoffs. And uh, you know, I like I uh, like the chemistry. Uh, Juju, and uh, and Chaser have uh, with each other, and um, you know we've been uh, solid through camp so far.
3: You played uh, on a bad ankle for a long time. How difficult was that? And is this the the healthiest you've been since early in the National Hockey League season?
5: Yeah, no. That was, uh, the the break gave me a, a chance to heal, which is which is huge. Uh, ankle is tough. Ankle injuries, foot injuries, uh, kind of hand injuries. Those things just nag at you. Uh, quite a bit, so um, you know I did everything I could to get back when i when I did and then uh, uh, now that I've had to the, the chance to heal I, I I feel feel good so um, that's a huge huge plus for uh, for myself going into going to playoffs here. Uh, I don't think the the body's been this healthy and uh, this refreshed going into playoffs ever so um, I think a lot of guys can can say the same around the league and, and on our team so uh, I've liked our pace in uh, in camp so far we've we're skating well and um, we'll just continue to ramp it up here.
2: James, you have a lot of experience going to the Stanley Cup finals, of course, back-to-back years. The Oilers don't have a ton of playoff experience, but neither really did your Vegas team. Is playoff experience overrated at times, and, and how do you feel it will impact your team in such an unprecedented situation this year?
5: Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it's overrated. I think, obviously, you need uh, – you know, you see the way experienced teams play and, um, you know, what they do in tight games, what they do in uh, – uh you know when things turn around quick and uh after losses and um you know after wins so uh you know I'll try to help the guys out as much as I can with uh with the experience of I- I've had and um and going through the playoffs but uh at the same time uh it's a young uh young guys game you know we we've got uh elite elite skill in our, in our dressing room and we got guys that are uh are real competitors so um they've been itching to get into playoffs and, and play playoff hockey and obviously this scenario is a little different but uh at the same time uh you know we're all going for the same goal to win a Stanley Cup, and um, for us, we're we're doing everything possible here in, in training camp to to get us uh, to where we need to be to to be ready to uh, to go after that. And uh, like I said before, I think uh, you know our group's done a great job at uh, at being ready here in the gym and and on the ice, and and our pace is is really good. So um, you know everyone's got a, a solid shot of winning a Stanley Cup this year. So uh, you know we got uh, we got the guys that can do it. We got the guys that believe that we can do it. And, Um, You know, that's a good start.
2: Thanks, James. Uh, You've been around hockey a long time. This is such a goofy year, 2020. we got COVID going on. We stopped the season. Trying to come back and pull this thing off. Now the the roof's falling in on the rink last night. You're about to go into this bubble with 11 other teams and play a whole playoff uh, set of rounds here in one rink. Have you, I mean, obviously you've never been through something like this, but do you ever sit back and think like, what you know, this is a once in a lifetime deal here. Uh, what are your thoughts on all that?
5: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's uh, it's like that for everybody. Everyone's going through a tough time, and um, whether you're a hockey player, or a business owner, or, uh, a college student, anything, I think you, you know, it's a tough time for everybody, and no one's been uh, through anything like this. But I think uh, you know, you can always make uh, uh make up excuses or uh, or complain about something, I think for us, you know, we get a chance to go back on the ice and do something we love and something we've done every day for, for our whole lives. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I'm playing in the NHL and, and I'm doing uh, what I dreamed of doing. So uh, when you're around the guys and you're at the rink, it's uh, it's great. It's just like normal. So for us, I think, uh, you know, the more you can kind of shut the brain off to the outside, outside things and, and kind of just focus on, um, you know, going into your going into your bubble, going into your hotel room, and um, trying to take your mind away from from the little things, and, and then going in and focusing on playing hockey. I think uh, the team that can do that with all their guys and uh, and not worry about what's going on on the outside is uh, is going to be uh, a little ahead of the game. So, um, like I said, just at the end of the day, I'm doing something I love. I get a chance to play. Uh, play hockey for a living and uh, I'm getting older here and uh, you know, I want to play as long as I can. So uh, I'm just kind of trying to take it in stride and, and enjoy it. And I get a chance to play for the Stanley cup again. So, um, you know, really couldn't be happier.
0: So they have it, James Neal, healthy, ready to go, looking to get back at it and to build off of what was a pretty strong 1920 regular season, 19 goals in 55 games for the veteran winger who has played in two of the last three Stanley Cup finals. By the way, that brings us to this day in hockey history. Very happy and pleased to bring you this one. On this day, 45 years ago, July 17th, 1975, Jason Strudwick, born in Edmonton, Alberta, six foot three, 230 pound forward and defenseman. Played 674 NHL games, scoring 13 goals, 42 assists, 55 points with 811 penalty minutes. Played seven postseason games as well. Five with the New York Rangers and two with the Vancouver Canucks. Struddy is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He is my friend. He is my colleague at TSN 1260. People in Edmonton love him. Just a really good dude. Big heart. He was on Battle of the Blades. That's why I tweeted out a picture of him on Battle of the Blades in that greasy mustache and that funny little getup that he had there. By the way, Strudz loves talking about his time during the lockout playing in Sweden. Says he dominated the Swedish league. Of course, saying that in jest. Uh, in 29 games, Struddy scored three goals, had six assists for nine points, and 20 penalty minutes playing in Sweden. Just uh, all around good dude. I get a chance to talk to him and work with him on the Jason Greger Show when we do the Gazola Chronicles. But I look forward to getting my show going, the pre and post game show going with Connor Halley, Hernan Salas, and Matt Cassian. But you'll hear from Jason Strudwick, and you'll hear from Jason Greger on the pre- and post-game shows from time to time as well. So, Struds happy birthday, my friend. And with that, I say have yourselves a great weekend and be sure to tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown NHL. Myself and Joe DiBiase have got you covered heading into every weekend. Have a good one, everyone.